Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with, what? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in Season 3? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. And the all-new Beauty Translated Love Line at 678-561-2785. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Python Massacre, a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. We are here today for the case State of Ohio versus Charles Reeder. Case number is 2019-CR-68. Uh, the court will now hear from uh, Mr. Reeder. I stand here before you today to take accountability for my actions. To accept responsibility for my conduct as a sheriff of Ohio, I should. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everything that I've worked for professionally and honorably for 25 years was stripped to me with nobody to blame but myself. If I could go back and change it, I would a million times. This is not who I am. Never, ever did I imagine myself on the defense side of this courtroom that I've spent 25 years of my life in, in this county in law enforcement. I am a good person who made bad decisions and choices. I have and I now pray that the court will find mercy on me. This is the Piketon Massacre, Return to Pike County. Season 2, Episode 5, To Protect and Serve. I'm Courtney Armstrong, a television producer at KT Studios with Stephanie Lidecker and Jeff Shane. 
On the morning of April 22, 2016, the Pike County Sheriff's Office responded to calls of multiple homicides in what would soon be considered Ohio's most notorious mass murder. The bodies of seven adults and one 16-year-old boy were found in four different locations along a country road in Pike County. We know all of these victims, all members of the Roden family. The shootings have left the town of Piketon numb. A lot of unanswered questions as to how this unfolded and who is responsible for this. As news of the tragedy emerged, the nation turned to the area's top law enforcement official for answers. Pike County Sheriff Charlie Reeder. To give a brief update on what we are doing, at this time I have uh, deputies from my county and other counties that are keeping the scene secured. Here's reporter James Pilcher. He's the one updating the media. He's the one who's available. He's the one when you wanted to ask how things are going. He was the one that you called. So he became the face of the investigation early on. This investigation is very large, one probably the largest in Pike County that we've ever had and been a part of. It's very tragic. I want everybody to be patient but understand that we are working around the clock, 24 hours a day. But this is going to be a very lengthy process. Reporter Anjanette Levy covered many of Reader's briefings during the course of the Roden murder investigation. You know, he was out in front of this, standing next to the attorney general at the time, doing press conferences with him. And he often became very emotional. And people, there were a lot of people in Pike County who really, really liked him. You came in like thieves in the night and took eight lives, some being children. We are getting closer. The family and the victims will have justice one day. Charlie Reeder, by all accounts, is somebody who grew up in Pike County. He did not come from a well-to-do family or anything like that. A lot of people out in Pike County are poor. He worked for many years for the Pike County prosecutor, Rob Junk. He was his investigator. And at some point, Charlie Reeder was appointed the sheriff by the Democratic Party in Pike County. Criminal defense attorney Mike Allen remembered Reeder's 2016 landslide election. He got 75%, his opponent got 25%. It's pretty unheard of in any kind of election. So at one point, he was a pretty popular sheriff. There were a lot of people in the community who felt that he did some good things at the sheriff's office when he first took over. They felt like he was cleaning up crime in the streets. Southern Ohio has a very major drug problem with opioids and uh, methamphetamine and fentanyl and all of it. And a couple members of the community claimed that Reeder really was there for the family after one of their members had died from a drug overdose and helped plant a memorial tree in his honor. So he was very approachable. He was out and about in the community much more. Charlie Reeder branded himself as the people's sheriff. During the height of the Roden murder investigation, Sheriff Reeder's passionate pleas for justice earned him the trust of his community. As a sheriff of Pike County, we're at 356 days into this investigation. I've got a message for the killers. We will find you. We will arrest you and you will be prosecuted. As this case moved forward, the spotlight grew brighter and brighter on that area because of this case. and. I think he enjoyed the spotlight to a degree. And I think he had greater political aspirations as well. Here's producer Chris Graves speaking with investigative reporter Jody Barr. He covered the road murder case for Fox News 19 in Cincinnati. What kind of power does a sheriff wield in a community like Pike County? 
he was the closest to the people of Pike County. And you see that with a lot of elected officials in more rural areas that, you know, the sheriff is literally the top dog in the county. He is the face of law enforcement. He controls what happens with law enforcement, where patrols happen. So as far as an elected official, as far as a person holding power, your sheriff in these areas, he is the man. Can something like that go to someone's head? You've worked in law enforcement yourself for quite a while. Oh, yeah. You see it a lot. Police chiefs or sheriffs or somebody who's recently promoted to a supervisory position. I mean, thank goodness it doesn't happen to a lot of them, but some of them it does. Now, whether that happened here or not, I don't know. Uh, But, yeah, that, that very much could happen. As the Roden investigation moved into its second year, some disquieting rumors about Sheriff Reeder began to surface. As we began to spend more time out there, we started hearing the rumblings that there was some corruption out there. We had heard rumors about him intimidating people and possibly taking money from people who were in the drug dealing business. I know I, for one, was told by some of my law enforcement sources in the Cincinnati area, hey, you need to be careful around him. He's dirty. And these were just people that were my sources who said, you know, look, I just want you to be aware. Be careful. Was it because they were afraid? They didn't trust him. They did not trust Charlie Reeder. There was a rumor that he was uh, sexually harassing some female employees when he worked at the Ross County uh, Juvenile Detention Center. Records from his personnel file said that uh, he wasn't the right fit and there were too many questions. He had a lawsuit in small claims court in 1995 in Gala Police for not paying a debt and there was a warrant issued for him, but he ended up paying it. So, I mean, there were some things out there there appears to be two sides of Charlie Reader. One that, you know, the public sees, and they saw it in these nationally televised broadcast press conferences where Reader is very uh, emotional, talking about these rodent murders very early on. And then there's something you see in Charlie Reader where when Reader is challenged, you see another side of Reader. So he's he's got a very public face and a very private face then? Oh, yeah. Investigators recently towed vehicles that had been parked at the homes where eight members of the Roden family were found shot to death in Pike County, Ohio last month. The four mobile homes themselves where the bodies were found will be removed from the scene to be stored at a location in nearby Waverly. We're going to get right out to the investigative reporter Jody Barr live in Pike County. While I was in Pike County, I started seeing things that I had to question what we found at that evidence warehouse where the trailers, the vehicles, the equipment that all belonged to the rodents where the sheriff's office and BCI took that. So we found problems with the security of that evidence and the security of that warehouse. I'm not an attorney. I've never prosecuted a case. I've never collected evidence. But what I do know is that evidence that is collected has to be secured. I've seen prosecutions lost in courtrooms in the states I've covered because someone failed to secure one piece of evidence. And of course, Charlie Reeder was so central to what we were looking at. He is the man in charge that we had to go find him. We scheduled the interview and we sat down and we had this conversation with Charlie Reeder. And I want to say it lasted maybe 45 minutes to an hour. And again, back to watching the two sides of Charlie Reeder, you had the emotional Charlie Reeder early on in the interview where he's talking about, you know, the rodents and, you know, what this has done to Pike County. And then... I broke out an iPad, and on that iPad I had 
visuals, the images that I had taken from that warehouse with the gate standing wide open, another gate secured with a piece of thin wire, you know, days and nights of no law enforcement at that warehouse. And I think Reader knew during the middle of that interview that this was not going to look good when we reported it, that what we found there looked terrible. And it reflected on the job he did. So I saw Charlie Reader change, but he changed into very defensive and red-faced. But Reader finally admitted that they did not have a deputy posted at that warehouse watching that evidence 24-7. What Sheriff Reader did next struck seasoned reporter Jody Barr as troubling. Here is Jody's first-hand account of the interaction. So the interview ends, and my photographer and I are tearing down the equipment and Charlie Reader walks us out the front door of the old sheriff's office in Waverly, and we're standing on, on the porch of that sheriff's office, and Reader wants to make a deal. And he says, if we'll just hold off on airing the report of the evidence warehouse and wait until they could return property to the family, that Reader would let us in and give us full access to him and Charlie Reader's story of the first 100 hours after the Roden murders. And I just told him, no, we don't make deals. Several months after that report aired, I got messages from people in Pike County, one after the other, telling me that there was a raid underway at this rodent evidence warehouse in Waverly. Well, I dropped everything I was doing in Cincinnati and drove the two hours east to this warehouse. And when I got there, there they were, Sheriff Charlie Reeder, deputies of the Pike County Sheriff's Office, carrying things in and out of this warehouse. And, you know, I'm standing there wondering what is going on here. This shouldn't be happening unless there's something's happened we don't know about involving the rodent murders. This was a great public concern. But that night, Reader would not return my phone calls. Uh, it was very contentious, trying to get information out of Pike County, out of the sheriff's office at that point. But after that, we were never able to access him again. Despite Sheriff Reeder's apparent mishandling of aspects of the Roden murder investigation, authorities were able to put the Wagner family behind bars in 2018. However, just weeks later, area journalists got word that a different investigation, unrelated to the Roden murders, was underway. One that placed Sheriff Charlie Reeder on the other side of the law. The state auditor's office released a document to all of us that stated an anonymous tip had come into the auditor's office in which someone stated that everyone was scared to death of Reader, that he was basically a monster, and investigators needed to look into a safe that was in his office that contained money seized in drug deals. And it also said something about him possibly gambling. And as this really wore on, the investigation continued and then word started spreading around Pike County. It really took what was going on with Charlie Reeder to a whole new level. In June of 2019, a grand jury brought forth 16 charges against Sheriff Charlie Reeder. As a result, he was suspended from office, bringing his three-year tenure as sheriff to a close. The indictment laid out details of the investigation and his crimes. Reader originally faced several counts of theft in office, which is a felony in Ohio, as well as tampering with evidence, which is also a felony in Ohio. So what happens is that Charlie Reader has a pretty sizable amount of money that he's taken from alleged drug dealers in Pike County. Every sheriff, every law enforcement agency, 
and the entire country, much less and including Ohio, is allowed to seize money from suspects if they think that that money or those goods are being used in the commission of a crime. Money that was seized in uh, drug cases is supposed to be secured uh, in a safe or in a bank account or something, and you can use them uh, for uh, education purposes for the sheriff's department. Uh, you can contribute it to appropriate charities. But in these cases, uh, at least on two occasions, the allegation was that he took cash and converted it to his his own use. So. The state auditor does their annual review of the books. On the first pass, the state auditors find some money missing out of the seizure account. And then they go back to Reader, and apparently he tries to put it back, but the, that leads to the state auditor's office. Then diving into getting warrants and diving into his personal finance records, they find multiple expenses and multiple trips to casinos, both in the area and out of state, and tens of thousands of dollars spent at casinos and possible debts. The, the records are pretty clear that showed some pretty uh, big losses uh, at the racetrack, and also uh, they found that he withdrew more than $2,800 from uh, machines at the Atlantic Casino. So I, it was pretty clear it was from gambling. Some of the other allegations were that a lot of times in drug cases, cars are forfeited. And in a couple of the charges, uh, the allegations are that at the auction, uh, he rigged it and engineered it that uh, Either he or a friend, friends of his would get those vehicles uh, and then turn around and sell them. So they were very serious charges. On September 24, 2020, Sheriff Charles Reeder pled guilty to five charges filed against him. They included two counts of theft in office, two counts of tampering with evidence, and one count of conflict of interest. A few months later, he appeared in court for a sentencing. It was a day that Anjanette Levy would not soon forget. What was the mood like through all of this? I couldn't believe it when I got out there that morning. The street was blocked off. There were members of the U.S. Marshals Service there. The U.S. Marshals Service bomb squad was there. <laughs> it, there were sheriff's deputies there. I mean, this was quite the operation. There were snipers on roofs. I actually have a photograph of a sniper on a roof. And there had been some rumblings online, apparently. Um, people encouraging people to show up at the courthouse to protest this sentence. There was some fear that people who were really hardcore supporters of his might show up and try to do something dangerous in order to keep him from being sentenced to prison. It was crazy. It, it had never even been like that for a Wagner court hearing. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back in a moment. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. 
Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with, what, a second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in Season 3? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. Janie, this sounds like an all-new format. Podcasting 2 is finally here. Thoughtful perspectives on current events. Stunning, sexy, bold interviews with an all-star lineup of guests. And the all-new Beauty Translated Love Line, the first ever. Be a part of the Beauty Translated Transcendental Podcasting Experience by calling our helpline at 678-561-2785. For any problem you may have, we will do our best to make it worse. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Inside the courtroom, the mood was much different. We're here today for sentencing in the case State of Ohio versus Charles Reeder. Case number is 2019-CR-68. Reader had his sentencing in front of a visiting judge, Patricia Cosgrove, who had actually sentenced three previous Ohio sheriffs on corruption charges. There were five charges, and all of those could have gotten him more than 12 years in prison. You see Charlie Reader 
He's sitting in court, sitting beside his defense attorney at a table to the left. And at the table to the right, the prosecutor who went to the grand jury got the indictments against Reader, who got the guilty plea from Reader months before. And you see these two tables in opposition to one another. And the judge is in the center and there's an empty podium in the center. And then you see people walk up to that podium and then they start telling these stories of the good deeds Charlie Reader did in certain instances around that county. He went through one of the most horrendous crimes ever committed in our county to my memory. What he went through, I can't tell you, ma'am. The nights that he went sleepless, what his family went through, what it done to his health. But I believe in his heart, Charlie Reeder is a good man. Has Charlie made mistakes? Yes, ma'am, he probably has. But in the Bible it says, ye who are without sin cast the first stone. I couldn't throw many rocks at him because I've made mistakes too. But one fact I know, Charlie was a man you could count on when you needed him. And I would vote for him today, just as sure as I'm standing here, as God is my witness. After these people have said what they said, you see Reader walk up to the podium. Uh, the court will now hear from uh, Mr. Reader. You know, he's instantly emotional. He's in tears and he's asking the judge for mercy to be lenient with him in sentencing. This is where he is laying it all out and asking the state of Ohio for mercy. I shed bad light on the office of sheriff. I can only ask that my staff, their families, the community, and my family who is here today, will forgive me for the undue stress I caused them. I have and I now pray that the court will find mercy on me. I have no words for the shame that I have and that I feel and the regret that I have. Betraying and displaying the trust that I had with my staff and the community. Please do not send me to prison. I have wrong, but I'm not ruined. I still have a lot of good left in me. During the proceedings, details of Reader's crimes were illuminated. Uh, the state would note that the defendant was an elected county sheriff who committed these crimes in his position as a county sheriff. Uh, he used his position to obtain control over the evidence bags and then used that control to remove the funds and use them for his own benefit. The majority of the funds involved were removed from the four evidence bags cut open by defendant. Uh, $14,775 was removed prior to the defendant and his attorney turning those bags over to investigators for the Auditor State's office. The different currency, new, um, in many cases uncirculated bills, was were put into the currency bags, so that restitution would have been taken care of at that point. Additionally, there's a total of $4,850 outstanding, $3,500 from the purchase of the Nissan Versa, which was the profit made by the sheriff on that transaction, $350 owed to the people who purchased the Chevy Silverado, and $1,000, which the state says never made it into the evidence bag. So Judge Patricia Cosgrove, she has a 
reputation for being very tough on sheriffs in, in Ohio who have been engaged in corruption. And she is no nonsense. And she questioned Reader from the bench. During the judge's questioning, Sheriff Reader did his best to explain his moral motivation behind his actions. Why did you cut open these evidence envelopes and take the money out, and then in some cases you put it back, although you were caught because the envelopes had been unsealed and sealed again improperly, and the denominations did not match what was taken at the crime scene or from those individuals. I guess, why did you take the money? I took the money, and mind you, this does not excuse it but from drug dealers that took it from parents of very poor people in this county. That money, regardless of what the state and what the media has claimed in the past years of a gambling problem and that money being used for gambling, was used when there was a tree planted in the name of the Shelton boy. It's at the entrance of Western High School to the left as soon as you pull in. Nobody could pay for that tree. Nobody offered to pay for that tree. A drug dealer did. When schools had cheerleading or peewee that had car washes and such, I would have our cruisers taken down there. My men and women did not make good money. So some of them would give them $2, $5. I took money from that, and I provided it to those people. In the PSI, the pre-sentence investigation, the PSI officer notes that there's no documentation that you used it for those things. Right. I did not document those things. He didn't produce any receipts to back these claims up. And there's a very strict process by which those funds are tracked, and you have to produce Um, an accounting of all of that money. So he claimed that he was essentially a Robin Hood. The judge certainly didn't believe it. But then (laughs) the judge started asking him questions about gambling. There were a couple of times that Judge Cosgrove all but caught him in a lie. And she, she sounded very, very skeptical. Let's stop here for another quick break. We'll be back in a moment. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. 
It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with what? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in Season 3? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. Janie, this sounds like an all-new format. Podcasting 2 is finally here. Thoughtful perspectives on current events. Stunning, sexy, bold interviews with an all-star lineup of guests. And the all-new Beauty Translated Love Line, the first ever. Be a part of the Beauty Translated Transcendental Podcasting Experience by calling our helpline at 678-561-2785. For any problem you may have, we will do our best to make it worse. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like actress and director Cheryl Hines. They were looking for an unknown actress. <laughs> <laughs> to play Larry David's wife. I said, well, how old is that guy? Isn't he old? <laughs> <laughs> and author David Sedaris. You know, like when you meet somebody and they'll say, well, I want to be a writer or I want to be an artist. And I say, well, is it all you care about? Because if it's not, it's going to be pretty hard for you. If you're not on fire, it's like opening the door of an oven. And it's like, wow, you know, you take a step back it's all they think about. It's all they talk about. It's all they care about. They don't have relationships. They're not good friends for other people. This is just what they're all their energy focused goes. on. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you lose $3,000 gambling at the Scioto Downs Racino between June 2017 and September 2017? Yes. Not by myself. They have cards. And, and of course, again, Your Honor, I've pled guilty to this. But they have cards that you put in a machine. I can have a card in my name. And I can have a card in my name that my wife possesses. So I can be at one machine and she can be at the other. And the money that she spends and the money that I spend, they count on the same card and calculate the money as one. Well, obviously, I, that doesn't answer the question, where did the money in the checking account come from? Okay, 
Uh, also, I want to ask you, in late June 2017, you took a trip to Reno, Nevada for the Sheriff's Conference, and then you withdrew $2,800 in an ATM. The state believes that some of this is due to gambling. I mean, you're talking like uh, over or almost $6,000 in a couple of months that you lost um, or, or expended on gambling. And at that point, we were making almost $11,000 a month. And that, okay. again, was from my checking account where it should show my direct deposits, my wife's direct deposits, and that it came from our debit cards where I retrieved that money. I don't doubt it came from debit cards. The question is, where did the money come that went to your checking account? Uh, that's, I guess, that's... That's, that's where... That's where the media reported that I had marital problems because it came from our joint bank account. My wife made very good money at the time, and I took that money and I gambled. Okay. All right. Um, that's all the questions the court has. She really let him have it. She took no grief from him whatsoever. It cannot be underestimated the damage that you have caused to the citizens of Pike County to law enforcement who every day get up, face the same sort of stresses that you do. They, they go all home at night, uh, they get up in the morning, they don't know if they're going to come home. The sacrifices that these men and women make, um, I think you made a mockery of them. I could have imposed a much greater sentence than, than I have. As I said, I've taken into consideration some of the mitigating factors, but punishment is appropriate. To sentence you to, I consider the minimum. However, to sentence you to anything um, less than three years in prison would demean the seriousness of the offense and not adequately protect society from future criminal conduct by yourself and others. The judge handed him three years, and Reader walked out of that courtroom and into a jail cell, you know, to pay for throwing away his career embarrassing himself and embarrassing his family. Do you think he became a victim of his own power? You said a sheriff in a county like that is top dog, right? Maybe he started feeling he was above the law. You know, in 15 years of doing this job, looking at people like Charlie Reeder in multiple states with multiple different schemes of crimes being committed, there's a trend with just sheriffs in general where a lot of them get in trouble. Is it because they feel so powerful and untouchable? I don't know. But man, when you look at it in the final analysis, what we have here is a guy in Pike County who had the county by a string, who had the trust of people who live in that county. So is it power? I don't know. All that I know at this point is you had an elected official who made some pretty bad decisions and he's paying for it now. Have you gotten a sense what the implications might be for the Wagner cases that Reeder is now going to jail? The early phase of the investigation is now in prison for corruption. Whether or not that had anything to do with the actual investigation, no one knows. But if I'm a defense attorney, all I got to do is throw up that smoke screen at some point and see what happens. And if I'm a prosecutor, I'm thinking, okay, I need to have a contingency plan to how to answer this. If you're the defense, I'm assuming you will bring it up. In court, you'll you'll point to that if the judge allows it. 
and say, you know, how can you trust this investigation? This man was out there on the scene that morning. I think it makes people in the county question what's really going on there. While we wait to see how Sheriff Reeder's conviction will impact the Wagner trials, one journalist continues to grapple with the legacy of the Roden family murders, a story that forever changed her life more than five years ago. More on that next time. For more information on the case and relevant photos, follow us on Instagram at KT underscore studios. The Piketon Massacre, Return to Pike County, is executive produced by Stephanie Lidecker and me, Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by executive producer Jared Aston. Additional producing by Jeff Shane, Andrew Becker, and Chris Graves. The Piketon Massacre, Return to Pike County, is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Yes. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with, what? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in Season 3? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. And the all-new Beauty Translated Loveline at 678-561-2785. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. 